Good afternoon, Shaniqua. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm great, actually. Thank awesome. you for joining us. It's my pleasure. At the Colombian Catwoman Podcast, aka Jeanette. Awesome. Excellent. So, Shanika, can you please tell us um, a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living? Uh, okay, so um, at this particular moment, I am. I've just returned to the United States um, after teaching in Japan for twelve and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, I was a college professor. Uh, I taught at a junior high school high school and I opened my own English school. Excellent. So um, what was it like living in Japan? <laughs> um, I should dare say it was probably one of the most uh, enriching and enlightening experiences of my life. Okay. And why would you say that? Why do you say that? Um, First of all, I'm from uh, North Carolina in the United States, and I had never really lived outside of the South um, of the United States. And mm -hmm. I was suddenly in a place where no one looked like me. Um, <laughs> I couldn't blend in even if I tried. And, <laughs> um, but they knew that Japanese people really love um, uh, Caribbean culture, in particular Jamaican culture. Oh. There are Japanese systems and so on. Oh, yes. I was so surprised. I had never met um, a Japanese Rasta man before in my life. And I just thought that was yeah. amazing. Um, and hip-hop guys as well. Big oh, people that are yes. big hip-hop people in Japan. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and they apparently are very fascinated by Black people. And they are fascinated by Black culture in general. Definitely. Maybe there. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I was also a singer while I was there. And so I got a chance to travel around Japan and meet people from lots of different parts of Japan. And they all treated me with such, such like a person. I don't want to sound weird, but like a person. I was treated with such dignity and respect. And I, I stayed there so long because they treated me better than I'd been treated in the United States. So that's that's beautiful to hear. I yeah. um, practice a Japanese form of Buddhism. You might have come across it whilst you were out there, Nichiren um, Daishonin Buddhism, SGI. Uh -huh. You might have heard of it. You might not have heard of it whilst yeah. you're out there. And so um, I'm a little bit familiar with Japanese culture, just a touch, just from the practice. And, and, and also in the world, in terms of passports, I understand that Japanese people have got basically the, the highest passports in the world, the most appreciated passports in the world because they're so respectful everywhere that they go and yes. everything that they do, yes. how they view the world, which is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you um, went into entrepreneurship yes. in Japan. Yes. Yes. I still can't believe it sometimes. Like when you asked about it, I was like, oh yeah, I did, I did I, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, <laughs> I never thought I would, I would, I never thought I would open my own business for one. Why? Um, Why? Because Why as, as a teacher, right as a teacher, it's just like, oh, you, you will work at a school. 
and mm-hmm. you know you, you're forever being an employee yeah is that, is that exactly the thought process exactly mm-hmm. and you know being a teacher is it's steady job so you know, I'll, I'll always have a job um and not this could lead you to being in a foreign com- country and opening your own school you know that never crossed my mind Never. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you did and respect to you for doing it. Did you open up the school on your own or did you have a partner? Yeah. How did you start the um, business? <laughs> so I first I went to the bank because I was going to try to get a loan because I'd been in Japan long enough to qualify for a loan as a not a citizen, but as a permanent resident. Um mm-hmm. But I was denied from the bank because I didn't have permanent residency. So I was talking to a couple of my older students who also happened to be, um, one is a real estate developer and he's the president of his company and the other is a sake brewer and he's president of his company. And, you know, I was telling them about this and they said, oh, you don't need a bank. We'll, we'll, we'll help you. And oh so, wow! <laughs> yeah, and so these, oh, these these two Japanese men, uh, lovely gentlemen, uh, they got together and both of them just like forked over fifteen hundred dollars each, and they were like, "Yeah, go for it." Your business angels, well, yeah. that's excellent. Yeah, they're always my angels. I mean, since the first day I ever met them, they were my former students, and. They just absolutely would, anything, anything, they would take care of me anytime. You know, when I, when they would know that I was going home to the U.S., they would say, oh, do you have enough spending money? And, you know, they would give me money to to buy, you know, whatever I wanted to. Um, You know, they just said, we want to help you because we know you're away from home and you don't have family here. Family that's, who would normally what... give you money, will will be your grandfathers. It's it's no problem, and that's who they were oh. to me. So you didn't feel as though you were on your own. You were no. alone in what you were doing, no. supported, cared for, which is is a beautiful experience. Yes. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Um. So you're in Japan. Yes. Living in Japan, you've been there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Do you speak Japanese? Uh. <laughs> I do speak Japanese now. now. So is that since you've left or was that whilst you were there? You whilst learned I Japanese? was there, absolutely. Um, I spoke probably three words of Japanese when I got off the plane. Um, and they were uh, sumo, arigato, and konnichiwa. Konnichiwa, of course. Yeah. Konnichiwa, yeah. arigato. And <laughs> Thank uh, you. sumo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You learned Japanese. Was that an easy journey? No. <laughs> um, to speak Japanese, I think to speak almost any language, if you are a really um, outgoing person, I think you can pick up a few words, you know, here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. But Japanese, I actually had to sit down and and practice the sounds and study the sounds. Definitely not like Spanish, uh, but it was uh, very rewarding because everybody was my teacher. I had a whole country of people who could teach me a language that I didn't know. 
So that made it easy, you know, and everybody was my practice partner. I'd go into the grocery store and ask old lady questions all the time in Japanese. They didn't know I was practicing, but they appreciated <laughs> the fact that I was trying to speak Japanese. So good. That's a really good experience.、Yeah. Um, They, they say that people who want to speak French when they go to France, French people are quite arrogant and they, you know, say to people, don't even bother, and they just reply to them in English. In English. So, <laughs> 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 the object, to, you know, the purpose、exactly. of what you're doing,、yes. language, be respectful in the country, speak the native tongue.、Um, but you were received with open arms、yes. and you had plenty of opportunities to practice, which is fantastic.、Yes. So,、um, I speak Spanish and I speak a little bit of French, but nothing really to write home about.、Mm-hmm. But business in another country, in another language,、yeah. is a whole other level. Yes. So, talk about that, please, because I've been there. You know, you'd sit with the accountant, you'd sit with the Chamber of Commerce trying to open and get the speech and get the paperwork or process or pay the taxes that need to be ta- paid or. You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in that respect, I, I was very, 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 very fortunate and blessed to have.、Um, I call her my guardian angel.、Um, she would go with me to every single meeting. If I had to go to City Hall,、um, which is where you go to open your business, if I had to go to the tax office, she would go with me. And all of the paperwork, you know, she would look it over and say, Okay, this part I don't know about. This part you might need to ask someone else, or this part, yeah, you can just go ahead and sign it and it's okay.、Um, she put me in contact with a fantastic business accountant who was absolutely amazing and made sure that I was, you know, well prepared to take care of all of my taxes at the end of the year.、Um, mm-hmm. And without her, I would not have been able, well, without the three of them, I would not have been able to have、uh, my school at all. A few things、yeah. um, that come to mind from, from those statements. One is, how did you meet this woman and how did it come about that she became your, your in, in Spanish, your business、um, assessor is, what the, is the term in Spanish. So you could say your, your assistant. Yes. In, <laughs> Way. And so,、um, assessory is the term in Spanish, and I can't think of it in English.、Um, but they guide you, tell you what you need to do,、mm-hmm. tell you all the boxes you need to tick and all the hoops that you need to jump through and make sure that everything's in its place.、Yes. Um, so, how did you meet that person and then go from meeting that person to trusting that person to entrusting your business, your life, your livelihood, your reputation?、Yes. <laughs> hand,、um, because those are two totally different situations and conversations. Absolutely. So,、uh, I met her at my job. So, I was teaching at an English school and she came and wanted to take lessons. Uh, there were two teachers there at the time, myself and another guy. And it, she just looked at our pictures and she said, I want to take classes with her. So、mm-hmm. uh, for about three months, we had one on one classes two times a week. And we talked a lot. And, and during the course of this time, she said to me, You know,、uh, do you like to sing? And I said, oh my God, I love, I love to sing. Like, it might not be great all the time, but I love it. She said, well, come to my bar and, and I'll let you sing. So I ended up going to her bar and she has this b- 
beautiful bar and her karaoke machines. And, and I sat down and I started to sing and I just sang and I was so happy. And she looks at me and goes, okay, um, obviously you're a singer and you need to sing somewhere. So she ends up taking me to this concert, this magnificent jazz festival. And they let me sing into like 250 Japanese people. <laughs> um, and I, I, at that time, I really couldn't speak Japanese, but she was like, don't worry, just go up there. Just, just sing Amazing Grace, it's okay. And from there, one of the most difficult songs to sing, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, she was kind of, she was really like a mom. She was like pushing, she's like, go ahead. It's okay, go sing, go sing. And um, so from there, she actually became my singing manager. So she found a band for me, um, this lovely Japanese man who was willing to play for me. And, but I didn't speak Japanese, they didn't speak English. So she was my intermediary. Okay. And, okay. And from there, it became, we became roommates. And she was like, okay, well, if you want to open a school, I can definitely help you because of course I have my own business as well. I said, okay. So there you go. And she's still my friend. And to this day, as a matter of fact, I spoke with her earlier this morning. So it was really awesome. In Japanese or in Both. English? Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> so I won't forget my Japanese. And so and she doesn't want to forget her English either. So, yeah. So what would you say about the experience of setting up a business in another country, doing it on your own, which sounds very similar to my experience, <laughs> um, in another country where you don't speak the language, but, you know, um, you're living in the country and you feel at home in the country mm. and you trust the, the, the rules and the laws of mm. the land, because that's also part of it as well, that you feel you'll be safe right. doing what it is that you're right. doing. And um, what, what would you say to people who think about doing that? And, and what would you say about your experience? Um, I would just ultimately say you just have to really be brave and find, find people that you can trust um, because eventually you will need their assistance. Because sometimes it felt, it felt like if I would do things on my own, just by myself, that I didn't get the real answers to questions that I needed. But as soon as they knew that it was mm -hmm. a Japanese person that they were dealing with, it was, the atmosphere was completely different. So I, mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. uh, definitely encourage anyone who wants to go into business that you need a good base. It, for any country that you're in, you need a good base of people who can help you um, and who can guide you. I didn't have any furniture for my school. Uh, People donated things to my school. They donated chairs. They donated uh, desks and tables. I also bought tables. Um, but a good base is super important. And you need a good base at home too, because when people know that you're trying to do something, they can keep you encouraged however uh, they choose to do so. You know, whether that be lifting you up in prayer or sending you money or, you know, sending you school books. I had people to, from the U.S. to send old library books to Japan for me. So, you know, I think a good basis is terribly important. 
and stay encouraged. Okay. A good base is very, very much um, the case in terms of being successful in life, but they're also very difficult yeah. to find or or create yes. um, and also sustain as well in, in modern mm. day life. But um, there, there are, you know, a whole number of different things there. So just kind of going backwards a little bit, what made you go to Japan? What, where did that thought process come from? You were in the state and then how did you end up in Japan? <laughs> how did that happen? Uh, I literally still just scratch my head about that because it makes me believe that there's something bigger than me controlling my life because I never wanted to go to a foreign country. I was like, what? No, really? to live. I was like, oh yeah. I'm Why gonna go not? Visit, like, um, Jamaica, and then I'm going to go to the Bahamas, and I'm going to go to England, I'm going to go to France. But live in Japan? Yeah, no. Uh, that was never, never even, no. So how did it happen? So, <laughs> it happened, look, a friend of mine, my very best friend at the time, was Jamaican. And her mother was a professor and she had traveled, you know, extensively. She'd lived in South Africa, Jamaica, Canada. And so she's always, you know, been my friend. And so she's like, yeah, you should, you should definitely try to get a job teaching English abroad. And I said, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd be great at teaching English abroad. So I get on my handy dandy computer and there's a, a, com a company um, that's having a recruiting trip to the area where I was living. So I fill out my application. I'm thinking, oh, this is just going to be great. I'm just going to go, um, you know, for this interview and I'm going to get a job. And it's going to be great. So I went, I did get the job, obviously. And my contract was for one year. Um, and so I'm just thinking at 30 years old, I'm going to run away to Japan and I'm going to live there for a year and it's going to be some great adventure. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to start teaching again because I was really burned out from teaching here in the, in US. the UK, in, in the yes. USA. <laughs> yes. Very burned out. <laughs> so, um, I, I got the job and the next thing I knew, I was on a plane in September to go to Japan. And I ended up staying there for 12 and a half years. I know. So, um, I mean, there are a number of questions I want to ask you about your experience in Japan as mm. a queer woman. What I've seen an episode of Queer Eye, I can't remember what it's called now. It's called Queer Eye now. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they did, I think, a series or something like that in Japan yes. or a few episodes in Japan and met, a, I think, a prominent lesbian and went to a, a club. So the, there's some type of scene over there. But what would you say about the queer scene and also your experience? Because they're two very uh, different things. I actually did not. Um, I didn't tell anyone, um, any Japanese people until it was almost time for me to go and the people that I actually came out to, I'm, of course I'm out at home, but the people that I came out to in Japan, they were all just so fascinated, if you will. Like, wow, we just never thought that you were, really? That's amazing. But everyone was so nice and so calm about it. Like it was, I think, uh, because it is not a quote-unquote religious-based society, 
that the atmosphere is completely different and their way of dealing with things were completely different. Um, the scene, I went to a couple of clubs and I had a great time, but it was mostly gay men. I didn't meet a lot of, of lesbian women. Um, until I started playing softball. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you found the dykes. You found the lesbians. <laughs> Football, softball, any kind of ball activity, you'll find the lesbians. <laughs> it's like, oh, why didn't I look for softball teams before? But um, some of the ladies that I played with, yeah, they were lesbians. They were so awesome and uh, just really good people. But I never felt the stigma um, behind being a, a, a person on the LGBTQ um, spectrum. I never felt anything like that in Japan. As a matter of fact, I felt the total opposite. So was it intentional or unintentional that you chose not to, or that you didn't speak about your sexuality to anyone? But how, how did that happen? Was it it never came up in conversation or you didn't ever broach it or you didn't have those conversations with friends or you chose to keep that close yeah. to your chest or you were in a long-distance relationship, in a, not yeah. in a relationship. I mean, yeah, how, how did um, that real you, personal you for a number of yeah, years, so, for a decade? Um, my very close American friends that were in Japan, of course they all knew. Um, and... I didn't disclose to a large number of people because of my profession, because I was so much in the public eye. Uh, As a teacher, if you're a foreign teacher in Japan, especially in the country parts of Japan, you might as well be like uh, a super celebrity. Everybody in the town knows who you are. Um, And so that, my professional life and my personal life, I, they were very separated. And so when people would ask me, you know, I would say, oh, yeah, I'm in a long distance relationship or, you know, but truth be told, I had, of course, I had lady friends in Japan, but um, not really like super serious or anything. And so, yeah, it just was never and never never an object until I left and my American girlfriend came to visit me and then everybody was like aha now we know why you don't have a boyfriend you know kind of thing but everyone was still so awesome welcoming but so you were saying that your personal Mm -hmm. life and your professional life were two separate entities was it you feared yes. the repercussions because you said that you were living in a rural yes. part of Japan and so you were See, deemed I was, as a superstar? Mm-hmm. What 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 did you think was going to happen to you? What what's life like for queer Japanese people? What's life like for yeah. other international queer people I living in life Japan? Worked. Yeah, no, what it's okay. A, sorry. I think, um, <laughs> life for queer people in Japan is very unlike it is anywhere else. Japanese people are very accepting. And I felt like I was thinking with my American brain. Now I'm from, keep in mind, I'm from the deep South. I'm, I come from a very, very staunch Christian background and that type of thing, you know, that gets into your brain and 
and into your heart and you think everyone is going to react the way that people in your home country react when it's not the case. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes, don't yes, ask, yes, don't yes, tell. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so I just felt like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to treat me weird or treat me differently because of it. So I'll just keep it to myself until such a time that I feel it necessary, you know, to tell somebody. Did you meet queer Japanese people? Oh, yeah. I, I would assume oh, yeah. that you did. And, um, just sometimes hanging out if I knew it was a bunch of people who were together and, you know, just out and about playing softball. Um, <laughs> but I, I met quite a few people <laughs> who they just live their lives. Like they don't, they're not worried about labels. They don't, um, or, or disad- no, being disadvantaged. The only or... thing that I would say no. is that a lot of um, queer people that I met want they do want to have the right to marry, um, but in several uh, not prefectures, but in several places in Japan, they will issue you a partnership certificate. They will issue a partnership certificate for same-sex couples. Um, but other than that, I don't think they have. There are not a lot of struggles that that I can say for certain that they face as they do like in the US or or even in the UK for that matter so um, I think in that respect they kind of got it easy I hate to say it to them but they they got it easy good not Um, easy the way it's supposed to be yeah (laughs) right (laughs) right Um, I would imagine I'm a teacher by profession and I um, know that teaching is a profession that seems to attract a lot of queer people for whatever reason, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I would imagine in contact with other queer teachers. Uh, not to my knowledge. Only... Okay, okay. Yeah, Take I that think I worked with one guy one guy that I know of, but every, I think every lady that I worked with, and that was a lot of ladies, they were all married. I had my suspicions about a few of them, but I didn't want to say anything, you know, but I think a lot of people there do play the role of they get married and have kids just because that's what they're supposed to do, even if they are um, in the Mm -hmm. queer family. So, yeah. Okay, okay. It, it was. I wanted to know, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as though you'd be able to answer the question. And so I wanted to know if other queer people, mm-hmm. other queer expats, because it's very different being That's local right. somewhere to being an expat. Were they living, you know, an out life? Were they, no. you know, you know, socialising their private lives? Or, or was that okay. not the no, case? But I can't that was where that I was going with that question. But people that I do know, they keep their professional and personal lives very separate because they have the same fear that I, that I do. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, uh, he became a Japanese citizen, but he looks Japanese. And the other one is a black girl like me. So, um, but both of them are very, um, professional life and personal life, very separate. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, a number of things. I still want to kind of talk about Japan and your experience there because I think it's really interesting as a black queer woman from a Christian <laughs> background from the south of the US. I think it's 
think it's just a, a beautiful mix. And so, um, mm. a personal question, and you choose mm-hmm. to answer it or don't answer it. Back in the day, in the teaching profession, people used to go to the Middle East because that was where the packages, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the great packages were at. Accommodation, free, opportunities mm-hmm. to save, opportunities to travel. Um, it's no longer the hotspot. Yes. The hotspot now is somewhere like China. It, it sounds as though your time in Japan wasn't, wasn't that great a financial opportunity. You were talking about place not being furnished, yeah. but having to borrow money from your students. Um, what what would you say about that side of things if you want to or don't want to? The choice is yours mm. with that question, if you understand what I'm saying. But was, were there opportunities to save in Japan? Was it a great, you know, a great yeah. experience from that perspective or was it just more I of think, an experience? Um, both, actually. I made more money in Japan as a first-year teacher than I made as a third-year teacher in the States. Um, and so as a single mm-hmm. person, it was great for me. I was able to, you know, save money, have a car, a very nice car, which I miss terribly in Japan. Um, <laughs> but uh, as a single person, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Of course, it's not <clears throat> as as financially satisfying as uh you know, say a China at this point, or definitely in the Middle East back in the day. Uh, but those places didn't offer. First of all, I just would flat out refuse to go to the Middle East because I didn't want them to throw me in jail. <laughs> Let me just be honest. I just, just like, no, I can't do that. And Japan seemed like uh, a very reasonable place for me to go. And it just. It worked out well for me. I think anywhere you go, if you want to save, you can save on whatever budget you have. Because even though I was making more money, if I chose to eat Japanese foods, my grocery bill was very cheap. So, Yeah, but there are places where it's easier to live and easier to save than others. That's as simple as it is. Yeah, yeah, we can all save, you know, the book of what, what... I love the book, uh, The oh, Richest yes, City yes, in Babylon. Yes. Is I don't know if you've <laughs> And he talks about being able to save a tenth yes. of your wealth. We can all save a tenth yes. of our wealth, no matter what we have. <laughs> However... <laughs> it's difficult, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. whilst you were in Japan, did you have the opportunity to go travelling? Was that... Uh, you know something that you want to do did you do that very uh local kind of girl so i can tell people all about my part of japan i travel around extensively at Um, yamaguchi prefecture (laughs) (laughs) that is and where is that north south east west prefecture on the main island of honshu which is in the in the south yes As a matter of fact, interesting fact, I'm from North Carolina where I lived in Japan and my town in North Carolina are on the same latitude line, 35 degrees north latitude. I know. You are exactly correct. So does that mean that the weather's similar? Yes. (laughs) Okay. And we're talking about latitude. So it felt like being home away from home. The weather was very similar. We have hurricanes here in North Carolina. I had typhoons in Japan. 
you know, I'm very close to the beach, very close to the beach. A lot of the, it was awesome. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That sounds good. So you're you're back in the US. What did you do with the with the, so, with the business um, that you set up? A few of up? my students. I, I I also have another uh, friend in in my same town who opened an English school a couple of years after I did, and so a lot of my students went to her because just because they wanted another good English teacher, and uh, a few of my students I still teach weekly on Skype. And they just put money into my account in Japan. So, so when, so did I you did employ not, um, the teachers? How, school, how big so was the school? So the whole time I had my school, it was not my intention to, but I inadvertently was working two jobs. So I had my school, and I was a professor at the um, at the I would say the state university in my prefecture. And, or the prefectural university, I should say. And so I wanted to keep my school very small. So at one time, I think I had anywhere between 13 and 20 students, which was enough for me to manage by myself um, because I didn't want to hire another teacher. Um, and to, you didn't to, want to transition from the full-time job I, I, to the... I wanted to. Well, you didn't want to I change wanted to, but it was my dream to be a professor at a university in Japan. And when the opportunity presented itself, I was okay. transitioning from my high school job. And I said, okay, I've worked two years at the high school. Now I'm going to go full-time into teaching for myself. And uh, then a friend of mine was like but they need a teacher at the university and a professor at the university. And so I'm like, ah, it was my dream. It's my dream to work at the university. So I ended up applying for that job and I got it. So then my school became like way number two on the list. Sad to say, but my, my few students that I did have, they were um, very understanding of my first job, all of them being former teachers as well. So, uh, you know, they were very understanding. And I felt, I felt sad when I left, but I also felt like they were all in good hands, whether my hands or another English teacher's hands, they were in good hands. So, yeah. That's fair enough. It's, you know, um, being an entrepreneur is something that some people love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow mm-hmm. the likes of Gary V. Some people are made mm-hmm. for it. Some people you know, aren't made for it. Some people mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. twos, good threes, good fours, yes. good sevens in the business. So, you know, everybody's got their role in terms of what it is that yes. they're best at and that's, you know, where they should be really. So did you, so it was a business and it was officially registered. Did you dissolve no, the, the business? business? Is, is the business still um, operating? Because, or how, how yeah, that... because I'm still getting paid. So still, I okay. have um, a, well, the lady I, I mentioned before, she is my my attache in Japan. Yeah. So she helps me out with with all things Japanese at this point. And so she is like, I pretty much signed the business over to her because I was not in country any longer. So Mm -hmm. um, she takes care of all of the paperwork and everything that I need to do at this point. So, uh, mm-hmm. moving 
uh, in that direction. Do you want to say why you chose oh, no, to leave I can, Japan I can say or that to with, leave with, that with pure where certainty. it is? Or? Number one, I miss my mama. And uh, <laughs> I and, okay. and being a person who had <laughs> never been more than 13 hours away from my mom at one time, being 18 hours away from my mom for 12 years was hard work. Um, and that, and then I, I fell in love and I, I thought if this, I, I really want to be with this woman and, you know, I never thought I would fall in love with anybody, not to this degree and want to be with them all the time. Wow. You know, and, and at 40, you know, <laughs> that is not something that you can just say, Oh yeah, well I'm gonna keep staying in Japan, and you can keep living in the U.S., and we'll just be together however we can. Oh no, Mm-mm. I I wanted to be with her all the time, and and so I came home. It all oh, good oh, love's important. So important. Good love, oh. healthy love, the right love. And when you find it, you have to be willing to make sacrifices for it. And I felt like. For 12 years, I kind of put my love life on hold um, because I was doing my I was doing my career thing, and you know, and to meet someone and they just completely take you to a place that you never thought you would go. It's a beautiful thing. It's a scary thing, but it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. That sounds incredible. You will have it. Don't I look for long it. For that one day, I long for that. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm just longing. But I might be longing for anything at the moment. Uh, different things. So I digress. Let's get back on. <laughs> um, would you recommend Absolutely. Japan to other Absolutely. queer women of color? Without, without any hesitation, um, and I would say that because. One, you will grow into yourself. It happened for me. I I became, I feel like I became the woman that I was meant to be there because I didn't have all of these outside distractions. You know, oh, you can't do this because you're queer. You can't do that because you're queer. You, No, you have the chance to live your life and just be who you are. And also Japanese culture is pretty awesome. If you can get over the waiting period, you know, you have to wait for everything in Japan. But if you can get over that and be patient, it could be a place for you. Oh, my. And the formalities and the formalities. Yes. It's all Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is so true. So a little bit. Rigid. I mean, I've never <laughs> experienced. I think uh, yeah. living amongst Japanese people really taught me a patience that I I didn't even think it existed. And, and as a black woman, we are very, very expressive. And so they, they have this thing in Japan where you you shouldn't show your inside emotion on your face. And yep, no emotion. Ooh, yep. Honey, can I Respectful. just say how hard that was? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Cultural norms, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, I know Japanese culture would not be for me for all of the above reasons. Um, the Buddhist meetings sometimes are bloody hard enough. And I'm like, this is a Buddhist meeting and I'm about to lose my rag, as we say in the UK. <laughs> um, 
again. <laughs> so yeah, the, the country I need to visit. I would like no, to okay. visit the country, but definitely <laughs> yeah, not to live there. For me, I feel like it's too rigid. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So, no. um, you didn't do much traveling whilst you were there. Have no, you and, done and much traveling fact, in general um, in your life? I applied for the job to Japan. I had my interview. They called me a week later and told me I had the job. This was in the middle of April. I went the next day to get my passport, to apply for my passport, my very first passport at 30. So I didn't even have a passport before I went okay. to Japan. The very first stamp I got was to Japan. Japan. So do you yes. see yourself traveling oh, to yes. other places? Oh, yes, is yes, that, yes, is yes, that yes. something that you want I, to I do like or not? Once you, once you travel, you can't go back to your life the way it was because your eyes become open to things, the way people live, things that are different from your own culture. And if you are a curious person, you will definitely want to travel some more, which I am. Um, so what what are your top three places and, and are those places that you oh, choose to go with your love, with your lover or are those places that you want to go on your own? She likes to travel as much as I do. And, and coincidentally enough, she didn't have a passport until she met me and I invited her to come to Japan and her very first stamp in her passport is also from Japan. Yeah, so yeah, for us to travel okay. together would just okay. be like, Beautiful. the first place I really want to go with her is Amsterdam. Um, I traveled to Amsterdam when I was in Japan, from Japan to Amsterdam and I thought, oh my God, this is the most beautiful city I've ever seen in my life. It looked like something out of a magazine. And like, I can close my eyes and see it now and I'm like, oh, it's so nice. So Amsterdam is number one. Uh, number two would have to be France because her number one is, no, her number one is Germany. But France is a place that we both agree on. And then number three would be Germany. Yeah. European, yes. Okay. So okay. European countries. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's cool. That's fair enough. Um, so Japan's done. You're yeah. back in the US in love. Beautiful. What do you see or where do you see yourself five in years five years' time? time? I will be preparing to uh, be a professor by that time. Uh, I am going back into the classroom, uh, but to teach a different subject. So before I was teaching, uh, before I went to Japan, I was a special education teacher. And then I went to Japan and I taught English for 12 years. Now I'm back in the States and I really think it's important for me to teach history. So I'm on my way to get my history license. And I would give myself five years to be, you know, a college professor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you see any any other business opportunities? Do you see yes. um, anything changing I, in your personal no, 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 situation? No, oh, you don't no, have to share pleasure. anything that you so don't I want do to have, share. Um, my friend who's in Japan, we want to set up some type of homestay study abroad program for students who are in our part of Japan that is 
cost effective and gives them the opportunity to study English at a more personal level instead of what's just in the book. We want to give them the chance to study every day, everyday English, basically. Um, and so from that aspect, yes, we would like to create um, another type of business, but that one wouldn't be by myself. It would be definitely with someone else. Um, Big business, yes, and yes, I don't yes, know yes. what you're thinking about, whether it's summer camp style. I've worked for for five really? summers, and so um, they've got a big infrastructure in place, and so they're branched in China. Yes. Um, yeah, if you want more details, I can give you more details afterwards. So branched out into the Chinese market and to bring over the Chinese students. Um, and some of the issues are that the times of the year that the Chinese students can actually attend the, the courses in the UK, ah. there isn't enough of a mix of other international right. students. So <laughs> right. they're just kind of with other Chinese students. <laughs> got to do um, which yeah. they could have done yeah. back in China, but paid a lot of money to do in the UK. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you want to talk any information in Absolutely. terms of um, that company that I worked for in the UK, I can put you, you know, give you details about Ooh. that. But um, yeah, that's big business. You know, yes. those those experiences of summer camps and students traveling abroad and, yes. you know, language classes and activity classes and so on. Big business, great big business. Um, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? What advice would you Hold give on, to your 18-year-old self? Peace is coming. It's coming. You know, to, uh, for me... When I was 18, oh my goodness, I was just coming out to my mom and that was, ooh, was so bad, 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 bad. It was so bad, it was so bad. And the so world I winning. think I would just, you know, try to give myself the advice of it's okay, it's gonna be okay and you will be happy, I promise. Just, you know, stay the course. And, and that's important for anybody to just stay your course and live in what is true to you because ultimately no one can take that away from you. It's just like your education. Once you get your education, it's yours. And no one, no amount of student loans can take that away from you. So, um, yeah, hold on. 18 year old Shaniqua, hold on. <laughs> they are coming, yes. Better days are coming, yep. <laughs> okay, and yes. so the, I think we're at the penultimate question, okay. I think, at the moment. We're approaching the penultimate question. 150 years from now, 200 years from now, what would you want written on your epitaph? How would you want to be remembered? Uh, what would you want people to be saying about you, I you know, many, many years from now? say that... This woman told the truth and she lived the way that she advised other people to live, whether that be on a personal level or a professional level. I would want people to know how real I was, that I was not afraid um, to live, to live my truth and not afraid to, um, not afraid to fail. Because if anytime you have the opportunity to have a business, you also have the potential to fail. But you, yes, yes. They talk about failing that's forward right. though, don't they? That's that's the talk, fail forward, forward. So that's fail, right. 
important, necessary, ever forward to remember me in that way. And that I was, yeah. And that I was an ass kicker who told the truth about okay. American history. That's it. Why <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to be remembered? Um, and so, do you want people to be able to get in contact with you no, for your services, or is that not something that you offer at this moment in time? Group, but um, if they would like to take English classes, I would be happy to meet them on Skype or uh, WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. So would you like to sure, give sure. well, a, an email address or a contact um, address or a which website? Give, or? Which is shani, S-H-A-N-I, B-E-E, 76 at gmail.com. If you would like to just chat or um, have an English lesson or a, a private lesson or a group lesson, let me know. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeanette, for having me. Lovely, Shani. Um, so, mm-hmm. my pleasure. The last question I want to ask you is, is there anything that you would uh, like to share that I haven't asked you already? No, I should send you an email, a link to when I was on Japanese TV, uh, which... <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be good. I think please. life can be amazing if you just leave yourself open to it because if you close your mind and your heart you will miss out on half of the most miraculous things that you would ever have been able to see yeah (laughs) I concur with you So on that note, I'm oh. going to say thank you so much thank for being so much open for today, Shani. Thank you for your time and your energy. And I wish you, thank you. my absolute pleasure. I wish you all the best in love and in life right. and thank in you. future Bye-bye. studies as well. So take care. Have a great day.